Welcome back to another episode of the Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll have two episodes coming up for you this week. This week is going to focus on a baseball preview. Uh, the playoffs are right around the corner. We're wrapping up the MLB season right here. Our playoff field is set. We're also going to focus on some college football uh, on this episode of the pod. And then our next one this week, we'll focus on a fully National Football League. Uh, but yeah, baseball, the postseason is set. The Brewers were officially eliminated last night. We'll get into that. Michael? Any headlines, anything you want to get into today before we get going? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Brewers being done, doesn't it feel like a little bit of a relief? Like, it just, you watch it, you know, you, you invest and you watch all these games and then they just play like shit or they piss away games and it's just like, I don't have to deal with it anymore. Like, it's gonna, we're definitely gonna have to talk about where they're going next year because... They're going to make some, some changes, and they better bring up some, some young guys that can hit. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely will get into the Brewers here, and then we'll get into a little bit more of a postseason aspect of things as well. Uh, for the second straight episode, we do have a guest in studio today at the Weeks Basement Bar, as always, our recording studio. We have our buddy, uh, Kate Sour Big Dub Dog, Cody. Uh, we've talked about Cody quite a bit on the podcast here. He's going to dig in and be kind of our baseball analyst, and he'll preview a little bit of the postseason here today. So, Cody, welcome. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your sports background. We'll get going right in here. Yeah, thanks, boys. I uh, love that I'm finally here in the week's basement bar. love listening to you guys, and uh, appreciate all the shout-outs. Uh, yeah, as far as sports, you know, baseball is my first love, and then uh, enjoy some basketball. Golf, now that I'm a retired baseball player, obviously picked up the game of golf, so... But uh, thanks for having me on this playoff preview, and I'm uh, really looking forward to talking baseball today. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely get in the postseason here, but uh, us all being Brewer fans, I think that'd be the first thing that we should definitely talk about. Um, I mean, I guess the, the first thing I'm going to ask you guys, really, and I'll give my take on it as well. I mean, what, what did this Brewer season mean to you? I mean, was it, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was, a, obviously it wasn't a success. Uh, was it a failure? You know, what, what are your kind of thoughts on the Brewers? We'll get into what we think they should do, but what, what are your initial thoughts on how the Brewers season went this year? Yeah, I think I think to start, expectations, I think, is, is a huge thing. Um, you know, making the playoffs four straight years coming into this year um, puts a little bit of expectations. Now, if this was a team, was it 20, 2018? When they didn't make the playoffs, or 2017 when they didn't make the yeah 2017 when they went down to the stretch but they didn't get in, like we were all pumped about that season and they didn't even get in. Now you've made it four straight years. It's crazy how a fan base can change that quickly. Um, but you know, obviously you have the trade of Hader. Uh, just the, the Yelich thing is you know how he was struggling like. I, I I personally didn't have as much fun watching this team. Could very well be the Bally Sports app. That could be why it, what they weren't that fun to watch. Um, it, it, you know, you almost you have the pitching. You just you don't have the hitting where it needs to be. And and it, sometimes it's a tough watch. And I to myself wonder is Craig Council on on the hot seat. Like I I wonder that. Um, I just I think. Sometimes things can get old, things can get stale, and maybe it's Craig Council. I think it's just hit. Like you go out and you get a new uh, hitting coach, you're doing, you're doing the same damn things, or it's even worse. Like it's just, it's not fun baseball to watch. 
I mean, I'll definitely put out there, I don't think Craig Council's anywhere near the hot seat. I mean, he's won the most games as ever as manager of the Brewers. Um, like we said, four straight postseasons, very well could have been five, very well could have been six. I think the difference in that feeling of 2017 was, you know, 2017, we finally got some guys that we made in the trade deadlines. They were starting to come up, so we had some excitement with that. Um, we were buyers at the trade deadline, so the sellers. I think this year we could definitely argue that the Brewers were sellers. Um, so, you know, you had guys coming in that were there to help the club when really the Brewers didn't do much this year. They added a couple bullpen arms that didn't really work out, and then they kind of went the prospect route in the hater trade more than anything. Um, it, it's hard to say that, you know, being eliminated two games out is a failure of a season, but I think with, you know, what we've come accustomed to with the Brewers that we expect them to have a chance to win every single night. And yeah. with this lineup and hitting, they just they, they weren't consistent enough. I mean, you had – the thing is – Lineups can have guys like Hunter Renfro where they hit 260 and 30 home runs. You know, his OPS is in the 800s. Guys, you can have a Rowdy Telez that's hitting 230 with 35 home runs. His, his OPS is above 800. But you can't have three or four guys who are hitting, you know, they're, they're hitting 220, 230, and their OPS is below 750. And right. You need guys who are going to be out there. And, you know, the Brewers are a run prevention team. They've said that for a while. But when their bullpen wasn't what it has been in the years past, um, and that, that magic number of getting a four runs isn't the, isn't the thing anymore. Uh, it, for whatever reason, this team just didn't seem to click, and I think a lot of that had to do with the mix-up in the clubhouse. Um, but I, I don't think Craig Council's on the hot seat. I, I, Craig Council's going to be a guy who I don't think ever is going to be fired. It's going to be He's going to transition into a role at the organization just because of what he is, what he means to Milwaukee. Um, but I don't think that's going to be anytime soon. I think that he was tired with this roster. There wasn't a lot of new guys coming up and down. If anything, it was bullpen guys. Um, and, and honestly, you know, when you're calling guys up constantly from AAA from the bullpen, you're not expecting much. Um, but yeah, they they got to get Yelich. I mean, Yelich is going to end the year with around 15 home runs. You want him to probably hit about 285 if he's going to be that leadoff guy, not 250. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And I mean, Cody, what do you think on the year? Success, failure? What do What do you want to say, huh? I think for any team that goes into the season with the national media picking you second, third, fourth in your division to have a lead at the All-Star break, six-game lead roughly, in the division at the All-Star break, have a five-game lead going into the trade deadline, you'd take that. And trading your best reliever. Right. It's and like, what, what does that say to your franchise that we're going to trade our best probably our best asset minus some starting pitching and then just say it, you know what, what is that telling your fan base right i think going into the trade deadline you know seeing the hater news i remember sitting there and i kept refreshing the social media feeds okay what's the next move what's the next move what's the yeah. next move and it's little things i mean matt bush at the time i was like okay you bring in taylor rogers you bring in matt bush that tells me Devin Williams, that's our ninth inning guy. Rogers, Bush, seventh, eighth. Boxberger, sixth. You're going to go to that 2018 playoff format of we're going to have our starters go five innings. We're going to return it. And then we're going to turn it over to the bullpen. They're going to go six, seven, eight, nine. Boom. That's the, that to me was what that trade deadline signaled as a formula. That's what they tried to do. And those guys just did not pan out the way you had hoped. I think we've all put in the group chat at one point or the other. Why are we taking this third round? Yeah. Whether it was 
Burns went seven innings, was at 80-some pitches, not low 90s. It's like, it's September. You're in the middle of a, of a playoff push. Throw the pitch count out the window. You need this guy for the eighth. Get to the and you know get to Devin Williams, get to somebody. Yeah. But we see nope. We're gonna pull him out of the seventh. We put whoever in in the eighth, and now the lead's gone. And so ultimately, I think this year is a little bit of a disappointment as a fan who expected. You know, Michael made it made the point four straight years in the playoffs. Twenty seventeen, they finished a a game, game out. out. The yeah. last day of the season was when they. We're eliminated. eliminated. Yeah. This year, it's you got two games left. So you know, from that standpoint, you finish two games out of the playoffs. You know, I I can't say that's a huge disappointment. I think the way things happened at the trade deadline, ultimately, we'll never know why. Uh, I think a lot of people are still asking that question fairly. Um, even last night, you know, after the game, Christian Yelich's comments, you know. Everyone wants to say, what was the point in the season that you guys knew you weren't making the playoffs? And ultimately, I think Yelich himself said it. You can't blame not making the playoffs on trading Josh Hader. Trading Josh Hader is not the reason the Brewers didn't make the playoffs. It certainly doesn't help, yeah. but it is not the reason that they didn't make the playoffs. And, and real quick, I think a critique that Michael and I have always had, at least, is that you know, Council likes to be a little bit of a puppet master when we think he should let his starters go. That's just that's just who he is. That's who yep. he's been for a long time. Um, I think we saw a little bit more down the stretch that he tr- he would let Woodruff and Burns yeah. go, but other yep. than that, it wasn't really anybody else. I mean, if Freddie was healthy the full year, probably, but Freddie wasn't healthy. He was off and on, and mm-hmm. it, it, it it was a tough it, it was a tough year for Freddie. I, I really like Freddie, but it was a really hard year for him. Even if the Brewers would have made the playoffs, we we've all said it you don't win a wild card series. I like your odds with Burns and Woodruff going, but those two all season long, their run support at most was two runs. Well, and Burns hasn't been as much, as dominant since Correct. the All-Star break. Woodruff's been the better guy since the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break, yes. yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm still trusting Corbin Burns. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, and like you you know, said to the point, was when you're playing a 162-game season, that's basically six months with these guys and the, the camaraderie around the clubhouse after the hater trade was scary. Like you could tell right away with the comments. I know Trace and I talked about it and we, we differed on opinions. I didn't like Williams, his interview after. Um, they're just, it, it, it seemed like their swagger was gone. It was gone. That was right when the, you know, we're, we're obviously you can tell we're a, a Brewer podcast when we're talking about the, the Thanos, aren't, that was gone. You know, they still rung the bell a little bit, but it just, they, they, they lost that childish. Uh, they lost the energy that you see yeah, a lot of times. They, the childish, teams, yeah. They, you know, the, there the, there, the, was, there the, wasn't any, like, give me love or there wasn't I, any beast mode or I, anything. I don't think, I don't think the clubhouse... I'm not saying this about the play, but I don't think the clubhouse showed that they liked each other this year with the players. There just wasn't the the love for the team, the 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 friendliness of you know the whole season. And and I understand there's probably teams that have won World Series and won divisions and made playoffs that hated each other. But I think it helps to be you know to have each other's back. Um, and then another point is with the with the starting pitching this year, 
they did have some some bad luck with starting pitching with Lauer being out as long as he did. Peralta, Hauser, like those three guys. Peralta, I mean, really the only two guys who didn't get hurt. Don't well, actually, you can't even say, say Woodruff. Woodruff. Yeah, it was really Burns. Yeah. Burns was the only guy. Because well, so, Woodruff was dealing with carpal tunnel for that long time where he just couldn't grip a fastball, and he struggled, and then he got that fixed, and then he was pretty much dominant the whole year. I mean, probably had an ERA under 2.2 the rest of the year. So his numbers on the year inflated, but, I mean, his first yeah. month was brutal. Another disappointing thing about this team, though, is I think there was a stretch where we said they were like 16-5 and five or something like that. Well, they had the best start in franchise history, 32-18. Yeah. And then after that, you played they were, under 500 they were baseball. They 53 and 57. Like, the like that's years. not a good baseball team. You had one good stretch, and maybe, it, maybe they just weren't even that good of a baseball team. Well, and I, I was just looking at something from uh, reviewing the Brew. It's a Brewers kind of blog uh, site, but they, they listed off seven seven things that went wrong for the Brewers this year, and I'll just name a couple here. One, they never figured out what they wanted to do with Kesson Hira. Could just never figure it out. Two, Even when he did get hot, they, they just they just sat him down. They, they've just yet to figure out what sense. they want to do with him. That's something they need to address this offseason. Yeah. Whether it's you trade him, whether it's you put him somewhere, I don't know. They got to figure that out. Another one was the 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 Dillinson Lamet uh, fiasco. Yeah, that. I mean, didn't. that hurt. He, 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 we could have used him uh, at times. You know, he went to Colorado, had a decent rest of the year. Um, the Trevor Lo- Rosenthal trade was bad. I mean, dude didn't even pitch. You base. I mean, he gave up a prospect that was probably never going to get to the majors for the Brewers, but. Nothing. I mean, do when you're trading, yeah, when you're making a trade and you're a contender, your your trade is to that guy's going to help my my major league team. Yeah. So I mean, those were just a couple things that I read, and we'll move into the next question here. I mean, what do you want to see from the Brewers? What do you expect to see? Um, what do you want? I mean, first thing I'm going to say, I I honestly think that either Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff is going to get traded this offseason. I do. I think it's going to be Burns. They're not going to be able to pay him. Woodruff is going to be the cheaper option because he's older. He's not, you know, he doesn't have the, the Cy Young Award attached to him. I, I think it could happen, and with it being in the winter, they probably see it as the best time that they're going to get in market value because if he goes out in April and has a rough April and a rough May, you're not going to get nearly as much. So if you, And you see starting pitchers who get traded in the winter all the time. I mean, the Brewers got one a long time ago, Zach Greinke, but it, it happens, so I think that could happen. And then I want to see the young guys up. I want to see Sal Freelich playing next year with the Brewers right away. Terrain's going to be the second baseman. I, I, Colton Wong had a really good second half, and Colton Wong's been a really good brewer the past two years, but I think they're not going to pay him $7.5 million. Right. Um, I want Ananasio to go and spend some money. I mean, Kane's off the payroll. Go spend some money Wong's for, off the for Burns. Go spend um, some money for Burns. They're only going to keep one of those two. I, I really think that's going to happen, but they need bats. They need to figure that out because they, they can't just keep scooting by and thinking that they can win with four runs it, it, it's just not going to work and especially when you have younger guys coming up now with terrain terrain should be the starting second baseman i mean flat out he he had a great year in triple a um and then you know you're gonna have Freelick and mitchell and in the outfield you're gonna have yelich out there and tyrone taylor's probably going to be gone they're well, still got renfro off. under contract renfro last year under arbitration I, he needs to be back and it, from there you got to figure out what's going to happen with kesson here and then ethan small they got to get him to develop another pitch because yeah. he's, he's going to be a big part in their success if they're successful in the next coming years if Ethan Small can continue to develop. I think I think the big three things you really need, uh, you need to figure out what you're doing with David Sterns, first and foremost. We're talking this New York. You know, is he going to the Mets? Is he not? Is he going to be around for the long haul? And the reason I say that is 
you've get, you've given him the promotions that you can give him. He's now president of baseball ops, so he yeah, can't go anywhere higher. higher. Yeah. He can't go anywhere higher with your organization. I think part of what happened at the trade deadline, you know, I think a lot of it was, I think Stearns wanted to make moves, and I think, you know, Mark needs to figure out what he wants to do with his team. You spent payroll, spent payroll, spent payroll, 2017 to 2018, 18 to 19, 19 to 20, and then, you know, the pandemic happens, I get it, you kind of have to figure, figure out ways to rebound some of that money, but... You had a team in 2018 that was a game away from a World Series. You know, you take the Dodgers to seven. It was heartbreaking, you know, and you still have a big core from that team. Yeah, you've got you've got Yelich, you've got the pitching. You don't have that same. You don't Yelich. have that same Yelich, and you I'm not saying you're ever going to get that same Yelich yes. back. And he even said as much himself in his in his press conference last night that. He's not happy with where he's at. He knows he's disappointing the fans. He has said as much that he needs to be more consistent. So, you know, you have to figure out, one, what you're doing with Stearns. Two, you need to make some sort of move. Um, I look at it the other way. I think you trade Woodruff because he's older. You try to keep Burns because he is younger. He's going to cost more money, but when it comes down to it, Yes, as of late, the Brewers have been able to produce some of that homegrown pitching talent, but Brewers fans don't want to see more Jeff Supon, Kyle Loesch, Matt Garza signings. Mm-hmm. Randy Wolf. Randy Wolf. Oh. And real quick, just to interrupt you, the, the reason I think that Burns is harder to sign back to is because it's already been put out there that the Brewers haven't talked to him. And, he, and I mean, he doesn't like that. Nothing's really been said on Woodruff yet. Everything's on sure. Burns again because he has that Cy Young tag to him. But I, I think that makes it harder for them to resign Burns. But go ahead and continue, yeah. Cody. I, I don't disagree with you. Um, when that article came out, where you know he did say I have, they haven't even approached me yet. Yeah. How much of that, along with as much as I hate to say it, Lorenzo Cain was the heart and soul of this team. Once you DFA'd him, the energy was gone. You know, Very that's, good point. That's, that's about Very the time, Michael, that they stopped doing the uh, Thanos gauntlet. Um, yeah. And that's when they switched it back up to the show me some love, which at first, you know, really kind of, as a Brewer fan, it's like, cool, it's, it's, a, it's a nod to Kane. But even halfway through the season, they kind of just stopped doing it. Yeah. Or it wasn't as energetic. When it first happened, it was energetic, the, the big Kane smile, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Um, you got to figure out, what your pitching rotation is going to look like. you got to figure out, you know, Ashby needs another pitch. I mean, we've talked about it. He needs to figure out something to go with other than, other than that fastball. Slider. Slider. You know, he throws a changeup a little bit. Yeah. If that's going to be the pitch, that's fine, but he needs to throw it more. Um, but I think ultimately Ethan Small needs to be up. Terang needs to be up. I like Luis Arias. I really do. He's not the answer at third base. His bat is just way too inconsistent. Defensively, he really fell off yes, this year. Yes, and I think the big thing for him was he was healthy. He had a good spring. He gets hurt, pulls the quad, just was never the same. He could never get going. Yeah. And I think he kind of started to figure things out about the All-Star break, and then they have the, the, the break. And he just never picked it up in the second half. I think you could trade – I think you can seriously trade Urias, Taylor, and a Woodruff, and you can go get a bat. You can go get a bat from a team before 
Jose Ramirez signed his extension with the Indians. To me, that is the third baseman the Brewers needed. Yeah. Switch hitter, power hitter, in American Family Field. Just want to just want to break some news real quick. Aaron Judge just hit a 62nd home run, uh, so he passes Roger Maris AL home, home run record. Yep. Go good, ahead, for, good for Judge. You know that's that's just great. glad the live look-ins won't be interrupting my college football Saturdays. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been interrupting anyways. Cause to watch him, watch him take a walk. Tomorrow, tomorrow's the last day of the regular season. Sure. So, sure. Sure. but I get what you're saying. Um, and the last thing I think, you know, the Brewers ever ever since Jonathan Lucroy's been gone, it's been a revolving door at catcher. You know. Narvaez, the last couple of years, he's been solid defensively. He, he struggled this year. Struggled well. with the bat. Caratini, when he first came over after Pedro Severino got popped for PEDs, Caratini came over. He was solid defensively. He but he played too many games. Played too many to games. A point where it just got to be too much. Right. And that, that was one of the other things. The one of the seven things that said went wrong was Severino gets suspended right away. And the Brewers are they have to scramble to find right. a backup catcher. I think Mario Feliciano has a chance to be out next year just as the backup. I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean... They do need somebody that's homegrown. It's, historically, the Brewers have traded for catchers, and in, in you know, they're not all-stars, and Nervais was a nice player, but he was an all-star last year. But they, they've traded for catchers, and they've seemed to be decent. So yeah. you would think if they bring Feliciano up as a backup, they could find somebody to be the starter. You know, ultimately, you look at, you look at it... They always say you're, when you're, you're building a baseball team, it's from the middle out. So catcher, shortstop, center field. Okay, you've got your center fielder. Take your pick, whether it's Sal Freilich, Garrett Mitchell. you got your center fielder. got your second baseman. you got your second baseman. you got your shortstop. you got Willie Adamas, and hopefully it's Bryce Terang next year at, at second. They need to figure out catcher, and then you build your way out. You know, we, we said Yelich and Red Bullpen's a thing. Bullpen's a thing they got to figure out. They've got arms in the minors that I think next year with the injuries that you had to the starting rotation, you may see some guys in the pen that you don't expect to see. Sure. I think Ashby may be better suited for the in the short term. May be better suited as a reliever. You know, he gets four or five innings. And that's when it seems the wheels fall off. And that's, that's how that's, and that's how Burns, how, figured, that's how Burns it figured it out. Yeah. So I think I think if you put Ashby in the pen, you bring Ethan Small up. Jason Alexander was a great story for his first five six starts. I like him as a long. Reliever. I like him as a long reliever if he figures it out in the minors because I think he went from starter to a long reliever in the majors and just couldn't figure out how to get ready to yeah. be in the game because you look at it when they would use him out of the pen, it just it wasn't pretty. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's a guy who he can walk four or five guys and get out of it. Um, a name I will I've dropped all season long, Caleb Bosley from Hortonville. He was named the pitcher of the year by his teammates in AAA. Nashville in Triple A. I mean, he he was a guy who came up in the Padres organization, got as high as Triple A, came over to the Brewers in the off season. He's a guy next year who. I think he should get an extended look on spring training, and I think he's a guy who could fit somehow in a bullpen role if it comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Michael. Then anything else you want to see for next year? I think we covered a good amount. But anything else from the Brewers that that you want to see to get them hopefully back to the playoffs and even farther? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we've kind of we've kind of touched on it. You know, I 
I don't like the getting rid of pitchers, the, the Burns-Woodruff, but I understand that that is a necessary evil, especially as a, a small market baseball team. Um, I, I, I understand that, um, but I, I'm ready to start seeing some younger guys. You know, I enjoyed it watching Garrett Mitchell come up. I enjoyed it watching Keston Hira come up years, you know, a couple of years ago. That's that that's the excitement as a fan that, yeah, you may not have success right away, but sometimes you need that that player who comes in who who doesn't. And we've talked about this before. Who doesn't know what they're supposed to be doing. You know they're 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 too young to know any better. Just playing baseball. Yeah, exactly. You you got to stop thinking out there and just start reacting. Um, and I think that's that would be my biggest thing. Um, you know, you're you're talking about this minor league system. Let's sprinkle some of these guys in and let's figure this thing out. I feel like they've they've tried to do the you know buying the corner outfield type stuff. You know, but you know the first baseman. Obviously, Rowdy Telez has been a nice pickup for him. I think he he's obviously we're cool with him. We want him to stay here. Um, but yeah, I can see something at catcher. Do we? What is Nervais's contract? Where is, I mean, this is his last year. Yeah. It, it is. It, it's he, his contract is up. Where they either sign him and or they just let him walk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think I think Narvaez, If you go with the Pedro Feliciano, or, or uh, sorry, Mario, Mario Feliciano. If you go with Feliciano, I'm fine with keeping Narvaez. You know, have him around, you know, let him kind of teach the young guy how to be an everyday major league catcher. Um, Narvaez is the perfect mentor in that role. Um, the but who's your starter, role. though? It's Narvaez. It, it, Narvaez would be the starter, but it's one of those you have, you know, you may, if, if you bring Feliciano up, that might be a Narvaez pitches three you know, every three games, and then Feliciano gets two, and then Narvaez gets three and gets two. You know, something like and that. play some matchups and stuff You know, like play that. matchups. You know, yeah. you always have guys that have personal catchers. I mean, yeah. you might have something like that that works. Um, and I'm sure Feliciano has probably caught small a lot down in yep. AAA, so that could be, you know, that could be something like that if you are bringing up one of those guys. Even, even Ashby. Um, you know, he's caught Ashby a lot. Yeah. With being in AAA, and I think even the games that uh, Small was up, you know, he, he pitched very well this year when he was up for us. Um, I think just having a catcher that he's comfortable with just helps, helps tenfold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and real quick, I mean, our is making $5 million this year. His, his calculated market value going into free agency this year is at $3.1 million according to SpotTrack. Um, I, think, I think Victor Caratini might actually be under uh, control as well. I'm going to look that up right now. Would you now. be all right with Carantini and Feliciano? The, the, I don't trust that enough for it. Carantini's just not a proven enough hitter. He does. He is under arbitration for another year. Carantini I do like is, the fact that he switched. Um, I, I like Carantini, but I think he's a backup. I don't think he's a starter consistently. in the. That's when, when he had to start when Narvaez got hurt. That's when his production really started going down. He's a great, he's a good defender, and he's a good kind of guy you could plug in, but I don't think he's a starter. Sure. And even if you, you know, we just talked about Feliciano a little bit. You bring him up, and even if... That same split I said three, three, three to two. two. Yeah. Even if that ends up flipping, you know, once Feliciano's more comfortable, Caratini is more than serviceable backup. Serviceable yeah. backup. Yeah. He he showed it. I mean, in this in the short term, right off the 
the Narvaez injury, I think that was Caratini's best stretch. Um, but then he put, I think it was something like 22 consecutive games. Played a lot of games. Feliciano came up came when Narvaez got yeah. hurt and probably didn't play for the first 12 games or yeah. something like that. So it, it was a lot of games. It was. And so I think I think you, you could roll those two out, and I think you'd be more than okay. Um, I just think they have to figure out catcher. Like I said, since yeah. Luke Croy, you haven't had a stable catcher. I mean, Grandal. Grandal for a year. For a year. I mean, you had you had Martin Maldonado. Who, I mean, Manny Pena was a good Pena, you know, and, but neither one, one of those slash two guys. Pena is one of those guys that was really a camaraderie yeah. guy that yep. everybody loved to have around. And I understand why he left. You know, well, I think he played game. all three games here. He got hurt earlier. Yeah, he he uh, he got hurt earlier in the year for the Braves, and he even said when he he signed, he expected to retire as a Brewer. Yeah. Uh, I believe I don't remember his exact comments. I remember seeing it in spring training, but he was expecting to retire a Brewer. The Brewers never really offered Pena anything as far as a contract until the Braves put something on the table. They went back. They're like, "Hey, this is what they're offering," and he's like, "I'm gonna go take more money to play for the defending world champs." Sorry, like. Yep. And yep. at that point, Pena's at the end, toward the end of his career, probably as a, probably as a catcher. Now, I say being hurt for a year, he's probably done. Um, maybe signs with a team, you know, gets one, maybe two years up, yeah. up left. Sure. Um, so you can't ever fault the guy for taking a little more money in a backup. I mean, because sure. ultimately he was, I think he got paid about $3 million this year to be the backup in Atlanta. Yeah, so uh, I, I mean, I think we're all pretty clear on what we think the Brewers need to do. they got to figure out catcher. They have to figure out a bullpen. We want to see some younger guys. Uh, moving on here, we will go into a little postseason preview. Cody, uh, there is a new format this year for playoff baseball. If you want to let everybody know that, uh, we'll, we'll go through that here. Yeah, uh, taking a page out of the NFL's textbook, the Major League Baseball expanded the playoffs, uh, top six teams in each division, or sorry, each league. So uh, the three division winners um, from each league and then the next three teams with the best record, uh, number one seed and number two seed get a bye, meaning the three, three and six uh, play each other. So three would be the lowest uh, division winner, um, which... Looks like it's going to be the central division in both leagues, uh, the Cardinals in the NL and the Cleveland Guardians in the AL. Um, and then they'll play the lowest uh, seeded wild card team, so the six seed. Uh, the winner of that gets the fortune of the two seed. Uh, and then the four or five wild card matchups uh, get the number one seed. The other thing to remember with those uh, wild card matchups, it's the best of three series. All three games are played in the same ballpark. So the 3 6 matchup will all be at the three seed, the 4 5 matchup will all be at the four seed. Yeah, uh, and so we'll go through here. We can start with the, let's start with the NL. Uh, we can just go run down there. Who, you know, obviously we have a couple, I think yep. we have two days left, obviously, but right now, where, where do things sit and where, uh, you know, who does it look like who's going to match up with who? Yeah, so. Uh, National League, uh, you got the Los Angeles Dodgers are gonna are, are locked into the one seed, so they're gonna have a nice little little break here uh, through this weekend, and then they'll uh, be they'll have home field advantage throughout the playoffs as long as they're in it. Uh, they will be getting the four five matchup, which uh, currently the four seed uh, currently is the New York Mets. Um, you know, the Mets will end up going up against the five seed, which would be the San Diego Padres. 
Um, that is going to be one hell of a series between the the Mets and the Padres. You just look at the the lineups for those two teams. Those that's that's got a potential for a lot of runs, a lot of star power. Two and four in payroll, total payroll. By the way, the Mets payroll's over two hundred million, and yep. uh, the Padres aren't much much farther behind at two and five actually. But both teams have spent a lot of money, which we see a lot in baseball. Yeah, and then in the National League, you'll have the uh, Atlanta Braves will be the two seed. Uh, they definite, they desperately need to lock up that two seed. I think get some guys back. Uh, they currently have uh, Spencer Strider, who very well could be the NL Rookie of the Year. Um, currently on the IL with a oblique strain, so hopefully he's able to make a, a comeback. He's been a wonderful pitcher for them this year. Uh, and they currently also have Ozzy Elbies, their starting second baseman, on the IL. He's missed a lot of time this year with a couple just nagging injuries. Uh, I think that's a guy, if he comes back, he could be uh, a piece, maybe just as a DH. Uh, but... Hopefully he's able to come back, and those guys currently uh, would be taking on the winner of the three seed, which is the St. Louis Cardinals, and the six seed, uh, Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, when you look at that series, <laughs> Cardinals-Phillies, to me, that just screams it should be the, the Cardinals. You look at pitching rotation. I mean, you look at the, the Cardinals rotation this year, and you just look at the numbers, and it's not pretty. Uh, you know, they're, they're top three pitchers. Uh, Jed Flaherty was hurt almost all year, so he's just coming back. So his numbers aren't great. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, they traded for from the Yankees. He had a down year until getting to St. Louis. He's pitched better. He's pitched much says. better since uh, getting to St. Louis. But then uh, Adam Wainwright, the ageless one, I mean, 11-12 and 12 win-loss record, 371 ERA. Not great numbers on paper, but it's Adam Wainwright. I mean... You've been there, done that. Been there, done that. You're not too worried about him. Uh, you know, Miles Michaelis could potentially get the ball at some point. You know, you look at his numbers, 12 and 13 on the year, 330 ERA. Again, you look at the Cardinals' numbers, they're not great. They don't look good, but you look at their pitching, I'll take their pitching over the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies, you're going to end up seeing Zach Wheeler probably, who had a, had a pretty solid year, 12-7, and 7, 282 ERA, and then probably Aaron Nola. I was going to say Aaron Nola. Is he still up there? He's still up there, but he had a roller coaster of a year. Uh, he finished 10-13 and 13, uh, with a 336 ERA. So, I mean, you have those two guys, you know, Wheeler and Nola probably going up against <clears throat> Wainwright, and I... If I'm the if I'm the Cardinals, you you throw Wainwright game one, you come back with Flaherty game two, Michaelis out of the pen maybe, you know something. Yeah. I, I I think those two series are gonna be, in the National League, those two series are gonna be interesting for sure. But man, if you're the Mets, I think you're kicking yourselves. I mean, similar to the lead, um, I mean they had a. Are you Trace, would you like to say anything right now about the Mets blowing the division when I told you they were going to? Or would I mean, you like to address really, that? I don't really give a shit that Michael said oh. it was going to happen. Okay, yeah, I mean, cause I because I did. Since day one, there's I said been, I mean, there's been a lot more things that Michael's had to retract in this podcast <laughs> than I have. I think this is probably my first one. So, well, what, uh, name, uh, name, uh, so what are my others? I know I have one out there about Jalen Hurts. Uh, Randall Cobb. Okay, said, so I have you two. Said, you said he was an old fart. Okay, so I have two. Okay. What am I at? You're at one. Yeah, okay, so, so that's not a lot more. <laughs> that's a lot more. Um, but, uh, I mean, 
I mean, the Braves, it's not even that the Mets are really playing that bad. Braves are playing like, really well. They're a 100-win team, and that's, I mean, New York fans are freaking out. So like, you guys have won 100 games. The Braves just yeah. came up, and they just started yeah. playing well. I mean, I, the thing is, I baseball wants the Cardinals to win because that would be a hell of a story. Michael and I have talked about it. They have the best corner infielders in the game, the duo with Arnold Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt should win the NL MVP. Um, I actually think Michaelis is going to get the start over Flaherty. I think they're going to go with Michaelis. He's been a, he's yeah. pitched really well this year at times, and he's pitched in big games for him before. So I think the Cardinals are going to win that series no problem over the Phillies. The Phillies are a team who just they just can't figure it out. Um, the Phillies ended their playoff drought. They were the longest one other than the Mariners, who also got in. We'll get in the ale a little bit. Do you two know who the next team is? I looked it up today. Who's, who's the team in the longest playoff drop? Playoff you know, drop. I, was, I was trying to think. I didn't look it up. I feel like it's got to be the, tr- like, the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I was going to say the Tigers. That's kind of what I was thinking it, uh, of. It is the Los Angeles Angels with okay. the best player in baseball and the yeah. most dynamic player in baseball, yeah. but have put nothing into pitching. Uh, they've Besides to, Otani. They, but Besides they've Otani. continued to struggle and just figure out how to do it. Um, but yeah, it's the Los Angeles Angels. Last time they were there was 2015. It'll be another year of Mike Trout not being in the playoffs and baseball just missing an opportunity. And when you say 2015, that's seven years. So that's not even that big of a draw. I get what you're saying. I mean, Mike Trout's never made it to yeah. the playoffs. Or when Once, he did, he, he did. It, it was his rookie year or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I get it. I do just want to address the potential division series matchups that we could have in the NL. We could have Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves. Yeah. For for somebody who doesn't really get into baseball, besides the Brewers, that excites me. Like those would be some games that I would be interested in and definitely watch. Playoff baseball is a lot different, and it's going to be different for us this year too, just because the Brewers aren't in it. So yeah. it's like you know we're going to watch it. Be taking more in. No, I I hundred percent good. But I mean, those are some cachet teams. Yes. That in the NL, you're watching or you're potentially knowing about being a Brewers fan. Yeah. So I, I think those are those are um, some pretty nice uh, matchups that, that could be set up there. Yeah, I mean, do we have anything else we want to say in the NL here? Um, just real quick, in the National League, I think the only team that, you know, we just talked pitching a little bit. Um, the only team that really is going in, quote, healthy to the playoffs is probably the Phillies. Okay. Um, Every other team, I think, has one or two major pieces that are hurt. Um, you know, just looking at starting lineups, for most of the year, the Mets are currently without Starling Marte. Um, you know, he's batted leadoff for them. He's solid outfielder, gets on base. Uh, I already mentioned the Braves could be, potentially be without Spencer Strider and Ozzie Elbies. Uh, the Cardinals, as far as injuries, Tyler O'Neill, um, left fielder, he's center fielder. Right? He's been kind of hurt all year, yeah. but... He's that, a big dude. He's that a big dude. dude. Is that is a big guy. Um, it, it just looks weird when he's running or he's throwing yeah. because it looks like he's big playing dude. the wrong sport. Correct. Um, as far as injuries with, not so much an injury with the Padres, but uh, obviously the big one is no uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who they haven't had all year because he was hurt and then popped for PEDs. Then the Dodgers, I mean, I think the Dodgers, the biggest injury. They've been out with them, without him for a while, but Walker Bueller, um, you know, there's no Walker Bueller, you know, and he is out for postseason, right? He's had he, Tommy John. He had like, to have Tommy John. He's, so he's out done. Most, he's probably out he's next out year. Most of next year too. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as injuries though to their position players, they really don't have much. So I mean, you're gonna see, you're gonna see the Dodgers probably 
Met, whether it's the Mets or the Padres, the Dodgers will probably walk into the NLCS, um, unfortunately. Who, who, who are you guys picking to win the NL? As the uh, resident Braves fan on this podcast, um, my heart tells me to take the Braves, but knowing that there's been no repeat World Series champion since the Yankees from 98 to 2000, yep, nope, I gotta say it. It's the Braves. Braves okay. are winning the NL. Okay. I think Braves Dodgers NLCS rematch of last yes. year, right? Rematch yep, of last re- year. Re- re- I rematch. think Dodgers are coming for him. I hate to say it, but it, it, obviously yeah. it's it's the easy pick it's, or it's, it's the, the chalk pick. pick yes. But I think Dodgers they just have so much talent that um, I mean you could you literally can throw Kershaw, Gons Gonslin, Gonslin, and Urias, Urias. Yeah, Julio Urias. I mean, you look at the Dodgers starting rotation. It's at that point you get to a CS. That's a four-game series. Um, you're gonna run out some form of Urias, Gonsolin, Kershaw's probably your th- game three starter. But that, but you, I mean, you can. You're most likely pitching between those three guys. They're pitching. They're starting five games if it goes seven, maybe six. Yeah, and then I mean, even Andrew Haney. Who he doesn't have a lot of starts this year. I think he, he went four and three this year. Spot starts. He had some spot starts, two of them against the Brewers, and he's absolutely dominant. I mean, I, I forgot to look at his innings pitch. I mean, that isn't a vaunted lineup. It's not a vaunted lineup, but I mean, for a guy that had 103 Ks <laughs> on the year. We just talked about that, yeah. He had no, 103 Ks on the year. I'm pretty sure 24 of those came in those two starts against the Brewers. Um, you know, I think, I think pitching-wise, it will come down to pitching in that series. I think it comes down to the closers. And I think that because the Braves have former Dodger closer Kenley Jansen currently pitching the ninth inning. Um, he's been up and down. I don't trust him anymore. I don't trust him either. He's um, lost a lot of the, life on his. The, the is Kimbrel still the I would say Kimbrel like, was yeah. closing as Did of, they just trade those guys? Um, you know, Kimbrel's, Kimbrel's know been pretty bad. But... Um, Blake Trianon's uh, currently on the Trianon, high Trianon, he's a... Uh, Guy with some closing experience. I mean, you look at the teams pitching wise. I, I don't really think you can give. I think you're giving starting. I think pitching you're giving to starters Dodgers, to the Dodgers. But you're giving bullpen to the Braves. hundred percent. I mean, you've got in the Braves bullpen. You've got Kenley Jansen. Whatever you think of him, they traded for Rayzel Iglesias, who was the, the the closer for the Angels, former closer for the Reds. He can be dominant. Um, yeah, and then you've got Jesse Chavez who keeps finding his way back to Atlanta. He's not former great. Dodger. Uh, Dude, he's played for like ten. He's teams. played for ten different <laughs> teams. <laughs> he, he but he was a Bra- like, he, and he, he was, was drafted Dodger. by the Braves, and then oh, he's oh, made his way around. Yeah. He was traded to Atlanta last year for the stretch run. He was on the World Series team, signed with the Cubs, I think. Yeah, made it, for the Cubs. Somewhere. Signed with the Cubs. The athletics at some point. Made his way back to the Brewers or to the Braves. Got traded to the to in the Rayzel Iglesias deal was DFA three days later. Got right back out of playing to Atlanta. Yikes. So I mean the guys bounced around. It seems like for whatever reason he loves pitching in Atlanta. Here you want his history? I'll go through right here. Pirates, Braves, Royals, A's, Blue Jays, Angels, Rangers, Braves, Cubs, Angels, Braves. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he always finds his way back in it. Out of the back, back to the Braves, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, from you got A.J. Minter and Tyler Matzik for the Braves. 
I mean, Tyler Matzik, I remember him from Tyler last Matzik, year. Tyler Matzik, everyone should remember him from last year. I believe uh, the, 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 the joke on all social media and even with the Braves was that he's got the biggest balls of anyone because of the way that he just went and attacked Dodger, pitching, or Dodger hitters last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll Emperors. be quick here because we gotta we gotta move on to the AL and then get in some college football. But I, as much as it pains me to say, I'm gonna rock the Cardinals. I think that they're gonna. They've been playing well for a long time. They always seem to play well this start of the year. I they have the MVP in Paul Goldschmidt. We know how good Arnado is. Um, Giovanni Gallegos has really helped them figure out their bullpen. That was the problem with their team last year. Is their bullpen just wasn't very good. But Do they still have that. Is it Hicks? Jordan see? Hicks is currently on the IL. Gotcha. Uh, he should probably be back. Gotcha. For a DS. I mean, this this Cardinals team is good. It, it really is. Paul DeYoung started playing well and better in the second half, and I they gonna, and I'm, they have some guys that can that that Newbar, the Tommy Edmund. They yeah. have guys that you good you, you're gonna get on, and then you got your boppers coming up. Well, that's how Pujols, Wainwright, Molina all on their last ride. Yep. I mean, that's. You know, there, there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of things going right for the Cardinals right now. The MLB wants it because it's a story, and you know, MLB I being a dying sport. I, I don't want the Cardinals to win. I couldn't I, see anything better than them getting sucked by the Phillies. I, that would be I awesome. Think, I, I think the Cardinals have a really good chance, unfortunately, but um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, moving on, AL. Uh, Cody, if you want to run us through the matchups there, we'll talk yeah. a little bit about that one. Absolutely. So in the American League, uh, number one seed is going to be the Houston Astros. Uh, they will be awaiting the 4-5 uh, matchup, which 4-seed uh, four, four is locked in. That's uh, Michael's Toronto Blue Jays. Um, that's a team I can definitely get behind with uh, Danny Jansen, the hometown kid, uh, being, on, being a Blue Jay. Uh, and then the 5-seed uh, that is currently I think it's Mariners currently the Seattle right Mariners, who have a one-and-a-half game lead on that. So I would, I would say Mariners are probably going to be the team that uh, – Stays in that five seed. I just want to point out real quick, too. I hope to God, like, I like the Blue Jays, but I want to see a playoff game in Seattle. I mean, that place will rock. They, I mean, they've been going nuts the last two years just trying yeah. to get in the playoffs. Now that they made it, that place would be crazy. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez is super fun to watch. So this Mariners team is a fun team. And if they're playing against the Astros, you know, division rival, yeah. like, that would be intense. And they have a kid from Wisconsin, too, and Jared Kelnick. I don't know if he makes a postseason roster, but there's a Wisconsin tie there as well. Sure. Yeah, um, I mean. Well, there's a Wisconsin tie in the Dodgers, right? Gavin Lux? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're in the AL now. You, well, you, I get it. I get it. I just, I just, there is no Dodger love on this podcast. No, that, that, even, even that, I, it, it's not Dodger love. It's Gavin Lux love. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm talking uh, Wisconsinites. Um, he's wearing Dodgers. <laughs> We're talking Wisconsinites. You know, I think, I think that could be a very interesting series. Um, pitching wise, I think neither team. I, I don't think you can give either team the edge when it comes to pitching. They both got guys that. This Our, is the Mariners Blue Jays, right? This is Mariners Blue Jays. I mean, you got Alec Manoa, um, arguably. I mean, he's a Blue Jays best pitcher. Yeah. Um, he'll he'll get the ball in probably game one. Um, then you'll have some combination of Kevin Gossman and Jose Barrios. Um, Barrios has been better of late, but he he's struggled at times. Um, Gossman could be a guy that gets the ball just because he's been there before. Um, and then the Mariners, you got Luis Castillo, whose numbers on the year don't look great, just because he missed time at the beginning of the did year. He re- did he just? He sign did a just big, resign a, yeah, big just contract. To get a big contract. Yeah, just a contract. But how many? How many 
Reds were in that trade because now they've got they've got Castillo. Because Castillo was the only Castillo one in the trade, and now they Suarez, Suarez and Jesse Winker they signed there. signed there. That's crazy. Well, Winker I think was in a trade in spring training. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I mean Castillo. Uh, he missed time early on with the Reds. Then he got traded at the deadline. He's been good since signing with the Mariners. Then they have uh, Robbie Ray, won the AL Cy Young last year. So, uh, or was that two years ago? But Robbie Ray has been up and down this year. So pitching wise, I mean, I think that's going to be a great series altogether. Pitching, I don't really think you can give the edge to either team. Offensively, I think that would be somewhere I definitely, I think you have to lean Blue Jays. I mean, they just got some bats in that lineup. I mean. You talk about you talk about the playoffs and, and a guy getting a guys getting hot. You have one or two of those guys and in, in the Blue Jays get hot. They could carry them to an ALCS. I think. I mean, you know, Vladdy Jr. Uh, I mean, Matt Chapman's super solid defensively. Hasn't been as great with the bat of late, but I mean, that's a guy that he gets hot. Bo Bichette can go four for four with three home runs, or he can go 0 for five with five strikeouts. I mean, we love some Bo Bichette in this podcast. Bo Bichette's a great watch. I mean, George Springer's been there before, obviously. Um, you know, Alejandro Kirk kind of came out of nowhere for the Blue Jays. You know, he's he's their catcher, but he's or one of their catchers, but also primary DH, um, unless they put Vladdy at DH. So I think it'll be a great – that's a great series to watch. I think – I think the Mariners have a lot of guys that surprise people. I mean, Ty France at first base is—he's one of my like favorite. He's one year. of my favorite up-and-coming first basemen. Um, great guy to watch. Um, Adam Frazier for them was a big, big get from the Padres previously from the the Pirates. Um, Michael already mentioned Ahuenio Suarez is their third baseman. I mean. That guy could get hot. He rakes. And he, he could get hot and carry a team. Um, and then you got I hate Julio. going against him as oh, a yeah. brewer. He was a brewer killer. Yeah. Um, Julio Rodriguez, like Trace mentioned. I mean. What position does he play? He's the center fielder. He's the one who signed a, I know he's what could be an 18-year, $500 million contract yeah. when it's all yeah. said and done. Um, and then they got Mitch Haniger, who way long time ago was in the uh, Timber Rattlers. Maybe the Wisconsin Timber Rattler way long time ago, so sure. nice to see him. And then Carlos Santana, who I did not know was still playing baseball. This is their DH. Um, so they have a fun team to watch. Uh, the two seed. Well, hey, you know, real quick, hats off for the Mariners. I mean, yeah. Yeah. drought. Yeah, I was awesome. uh, two years old last time they were in the playoffs. So was that the Ichiro when they won 100? That was the, the team that won 116 yeah. games. So, Ichiro won Rookie of the Year. Hats off for the Mariners. You ended the longest drought in the MLB. 21 years of not being in the playoffs. That is a long time. That's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, hats off to them. Last time they were relevant was the uh, A's Moneyball team. Correct. Um, so, two seed, it's going to be the New York Yankees. Um, they will be awaiting the three seed Cleveland Guardians, who are the youngest team to make the playoffs this year. Um, the, the Guardians, congratulations on winning the AL Central, which is arguably the weakest division in is, baseball. Is the weakest it's the weakest division, weakest division in baseball. Um, your reward is going up against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are the sixth seed, and that might be the scariest sixth seed in baseball. Yeah. Well, hey, just to point out here real quick, so the Chicago White Sox, their payroll was 100 and big, rounded up $156 million this year. The Guardians, being the youngest team in baseball, they were $56.5 million. So they paid $100 million less, and they won the division. Yeah, I mean, Convincingly as well. Yeah, I mean, they came on. I mean, 
You look at you look at that division. You just mentioned the White Sox. I mean, they they were the favorites. They were the favorites. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with you look at who their manager is was as he retired. How oh, they were Tony last La year. They made the playoffs. Yeah, last they, year, right? they made the playoffs last year. But uh, too old. Mm-hmm. Tony Larusa, I I don't understand what you're doing. Walking guys in um, one two counts. Walking guys in one two counts, and you give him an intentional walk. <laughs> I just the number of times he did that this Multiple. year. It, it it's it's mind blowing. Yeah. I I know everyone. Oh, it's analytics. It's a, what analytics department is saying? If we get ahead Tony, of a guy, Tony doesn't listen. To if analytics. we get ahead of a guy, one two, we're gonna intentionally walk him. When Trace told me, but I couldn't. I didn't get it. I still I've don't. I've seen it multiple times, and it's like, yeah, if you were trying to pitch around the guy, how would you get ahead one two? Right. If, and if you wanted to pitch around him, just just throw up the thing. Yep. Just put him on. No, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna throw some pitches. We're gonna get ahead one, two, and then we're gonna put them on. Right. That just that tells throw me. Throw a couple pitches. Throw one up. Throw one outside, and see you, what you happens. Have, you have no confidence in your pitcher, yeah. and then that's what that tells you that pitcher, and then that pitcher's like, why am I like why am I out here? Yeah. If, if you wanted yeah. to just walk him, and then he's got to go bases lo- loaded or and whatever. It, 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 it just yeah. it makes no sense. Uh, you know, so I think if you if you look at that three six matchup. The Guardians, I mean, they're they're starting pitching. Nothing really screams. Yep, that's the team that scares me. But I mean, they got some guys. Shane Bieber, finished, former Cy Young winner. Former Cy Young winner. He finished twelve and eight with a two point eight one ERA. That's that's a solid. That's, that's a solid. That's, that's an ace. ace. Um, yeah, anything under three is right. I mean, they have Cal anything Quantrill. Anything under three and a half is decent. They have, I mean, they have Cal Quantrill who uh, went fourteen and five at a three and a half ERA. Um, I saw a stat going into his last start, which I think was yesterday. He hadn't lost at home, so that could be interesting. Uh, you give him the ball if he still hasn't lost at home, maybe that that gets you somewhere. But uh, the Rays, I mean, I think the biggest one, uh, you know, the biggest thing for the Rays, the reason they fell all the way to succeed is injuries for this team. I mean, they've had some brutal injuries. Uh, Tyler Glass now is just coming off the aisle in the last two weeks, so who knows what he's You'll probably see him in a bowl. And you'll see him and in a you're coming out of the toughest division. Like if baseball, if right. they're in the AL Central, they're winning. They're winning it. They, they probably win hundred games. Um, yeah. Shane McClanahan probably gets the ball game one. Uh, went twelve and seven, two fifty one ERA. Um, they just had one of their aces go down with Tommy John. I can't think of who that was. Um, so that's a big blow. Um, and then you, you have Corey Kluber, um, former Cy Young winner, went 10-9 with a 4.3 ERA. He may be a guy that gets the ball in, a, in an NLDS or an ALDS, but uh, I think you'd have to go with some combination of Drew Rasmussen, uh, former Brewer reliever turned starter with the race, went 10-7 with a 2.85 ERA. Um, some combination of Rasmussen and Glass now. Um, you know, that would be probably your best bet. And then as far as lineups, I mean, you look at those two teams, probably probably have to give the edge a little bit to the Rays, though the Guardians have some really nice pieces. Um, you know, Austin Hedges is a very solid catcher. Uh, Jose Ramirez, who I mentioned earlier, great third baseman. Um, they got some pieces in the outfield that can make things interesting, but, I mean, just name power alone, I think, even though the Rays are one of the smallest markets in baseball, um, they just have more man, you know, name power. Randy Rosarena, 
Uh, obviously, Uber prospects now AL Rookie of the Year, Wander Franco. Uh, they got they've got guys, you know, Margot Peralta and Jose Siri. I'm a G Man Choi fan. Uh, you know, G Man Choi. Shout out to one of the best eleven game stretches the Brewers have ever tried. Absolutely. Um, you know, so you look at those guys. Um, I would have to give the edge to the Rays, probably. Um, Guardians could be a great story, but I think I think you got to go Rays. Yeah, I think uh, you know, looking in, looking into this playoff tree here, I think I mean, we said the the Yankees are way the Guardians and Rays, right? Yes. I mean, the the Yankees are a team that could very well lose in the DS again. I mean, other than Judge, they they don't have a whole lot of hitting. They've struggled immensely with that. You never know what you're going to get with Garrett Cole. You might get seven innings of one-hit ball, or you might get three innings and seven runs. Yeah. Um, the Yankees are just a team that's really inconsistent. Um, do, do either of you guys want to guess who was the lowest payroll in baseball to make the playoffs? Uh, lowest payroll in baseball to make the playoffs had to have been the Rays. Yeah, that's what that's, How that's, that's, that's much that's do you think guess. they spent on players? Well, you said the Guardians was 62. Guardians was 56. 56. I, I'd say the Rays... 50. Probably right around $49 million. I was going to say 52 The Rays spent $45 million on yeah. their payroll. Uh, compared to the the top team who didn't make it, the White Sox, $155 million. So that's that's $110 million yeah. less. Um, the Rays, just they just find ways. I mean, every year they, they get to the playoffs. You know, in some years they got better teams. But I think this is a good six seed. I think that the Guardians, it, it'll be an interesting matchup. I think the team in, my, in the AL that I'm going to roll with, and they've They've really, really, really slid under the radar this year. Is is the Astros? I, I think the Astros with Dusty Baker. He's played. He's won so many playoff games. Just hasn't gotten a big one. They still have a good core. That team that won the World Series and then went to the World Series. You know they're removed from the trash banging incident. I think Jordan Alvarez might be the best hitter in baseball that nobody talks about. I mean that dude absolutely mashes. Um, and then Verlander's still doing Verlander things at 38 years old. So I I think I'm picking the AL. I'm gonna pick Rock the Houston Astros. My, I do want to see a Seattle home game find a way. I'm sorry, Blue Jays, but I want to see it because I think that would be absolutely madness. My fear about the Astros is they had that division wrapped up so early. And you see that with a lot of baseball teams is when they take the division. I mean, you see it in a lot of sports, but when the, when baseball especially, um, when you win a division so early and so easily – it's difficult to then, all right, it's postseason. we got to turn it back up. So I don't love that. Um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going with the Rays. I think the Rays are making the, the AL, are making the World Series for me. Completely get your argument with the Astros, but, I mean, they've, they've been to the playoffs consistently. I think if there's anybody who can turn it on at this point, it's them because they've been there so consistently. They've been there, done that. They understand what it takes to win. Even without cheating, uh, they understand what it takes to win series and when to panic, when not to panic. I, I think the Astros, it, sure. they just, they've, they've been there so consistently recently and they have the hitters. Yeah, I mean, my pick in the AL, um, honestly, I, I could see both of your guys' picks coming out, um, the Rays and the uh, Astros. Trace even just said, you know, that he's talking about how the Astros have been so consistently in the playoffs. The Rays have, though, too. I mean, the Rays have been a team that consistently finds a way with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. They just keep bringing those guys in. And whether it's um, Kevin Cash now or Joe Madden when he was mm-hmm. he was manager down there, they find a way to 
get guys to buy in and believe in what their message is, which I think that's a big thing that carries them through. Um, you know, I, I'm going to have to go Astros, and I want to see uh, Astros Braves uh, Part 2. Um, I think that last year was a, a fun series to watch. I think uh, I, I want to see a Part 2. Well, unfortunately for Cody being the Braves fan, uh, if the Braves and Astros would happen again, they would have to give it to the Astros. As we talked before, it's been 20-plus years since, the, I, since there's been a repeat. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do we have anything else we want to talk about in October baseball? I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it's something fun to watch. It's, you know, during this dead period where there's no college basketball, NBA is just starting to kick up. But NBA being such a long season like baseball, you don't have to pay attention right away. Um, it's kind of something to fill our days before the you know the football weekend starts. So I'm excited for postseason baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited to watch the New York Yankees uh, losing an NLDS again. Um, AL. I'm sorry, ALDS. I keep doing that. <laughs> uh, lose another ALDS. I, I team, uh, sports writers wrote them off as the World Series champs in June when they had that hot start. They always do. Um, they always do. Unfortunately but, for them, they're not playing the Twins. No. Um, <laughs> exactly. They. They're, they're going to most likely face the Rays in an ALDS. Um, the Rays have played very well against the uh, Yankees all year, so I, I think that I uh, get to watch Yankees fans cry again and then tell us about 27 rings. Now, what are they going to do if Judge goes somewhere else? If he goes to, I've heard the Angels are a team he could possibly go to, and we'll, we'll, oh. we'll see. I mean, after, after... Why would you do it? After you win AL MVP, arguably win a triple crown. I mean, he's going to... I think he... I mean, I'll look right now. I think he's, he's almost waiting. locked up the the triple crown. I think home run, obviously home runs, he's got it. I think RBIs, he had a pretty comfortable the, the, lead. The question the, is the question is bad at batting average, which for a guy well, you know, home nights, that's gonna help. A, a guy who strikes out as much as Aaron Judge does, because whether that's all on his own or not, being six foot eight and getting some questionable calls against you. Uh, he's currently not leading in batting okay. average. He Which, actually didn't strike out that much this year. No, he really didn't. But, I mean, you know. 174 times, but 700 plate appearances. Yeah, 700 plate appearances, guy hit. And he had 62 home runs. Yeah, so, I mean, that's not a really bad number, I don't think, for Aaron Judge. Like I just said, he's six foot eight, and he's getting pitches three, four inches below the yeah. bottom of his knee called a strike. I don't know how he's yeah, supposed to hit that. Tough. But, you know, I think. If he goes somewhere like the Angels, I think that'd be great for baseball because you're going to have three of the highest paid players in Major League Baseball playing for a non-playoff team. That's just brutal. That's awful. Michael, anything else you want to wrap up with no, that's, baseball? No, that's – I think that's – I'm sorry. You took Astros, Cody? I did take I'm right. I'm writing this down here, so we'll, yeah, I mean, we'll revisit. Just to sum up, uh, Aaron Judge is four points behind Luis Arise, uh, the, the second baseman – First baseman for the Twins. Second baseman, first baseman, DH for the, outfielder. For the Triple Crown, so we'll see if anything changes the last two days. But, yeah, with that, we're, uh, we'll wrap up our baseball talk. That was a good hour, but we knew it was going to be a baseball-heavy episode with the playoffs coming up. We had to talk about what the hell's and going on. And we got a baseball first. insider in Yeah, here. you know, when you guys said, said you wanted me on to talk baseball, I've got... You had to come prepared. I, I came prepared. I had more notes than I even got to, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll move on here. We'll go on to college football and... Uh, wrap up the show.
We're in week five of college football, so uh, we definitely got some things to talk about. We'll talk about our picks. We'll make some new picks for this week, but I think uh, we're, we have a new segment here on uh, Two Bros Talking Sports. College football will be our first one. It is Axe Alert. Uh, any coaches that get fired and any anybody we want to talk about, any coach we want to put on Axe Alert, we definitely, definitely can, but I think this is the third or fourth straight week where we've had somebody now on Axe Alert. We have two this week. Uh, Colorado fired head coach Carl Durrell. They are one of two only schools in the FBS to have not won a game yet. The other one being Colorado State. Um, I'm playing some good football up there. Yeah, would hate to be living in Colorado and expecting <laughs> to watch football on Saturdays right now. It's brutal. But uh, Colorado being a team that, you know, in the late 90s was kind of a powerhouse and yeah. consistent, they've really fallen off. So don't have a whole lot to say about that. Uh, but they will be looking for a new coach. But our biggest... I've heard Brian Harsons, coach about Auburn, Auburn. When, when they think he's gone because he was at Boise before. So they Are think he'll Brian be... Are you Harson on Axelert? Oh, Brian Harson is on Axler. He's, he's, he's been on Axler. It's coming this year. They do not like him down in Auburn. But I was just saying that once that happens, you could see him going off to Colorado. All right, so we have another person on Axler, Brian Harson out of Auburn. But uh, I think our biggest Axler, one that didn't really surprise me, it surprised me the way it happened, Paul Christ has been outed as the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Jim Leonard named as the... Uh, interim coach for the rest of the year. Uh, I was at the game Saturday. I texted the boys. I said I never thought I'd reached a point in my life where we'd see Illinois beat Wisconsin and not just beat, just manhandle Wisconsin at home. Uh, Wisconsin had two rushing yards. The, the game, like the game, started off really. Well. I mean, the first drive was awesome. They I went didn't... out there, threw it around, and then you know Mertz had a gorgeous pass to Garendo in the end zone, but it, it, there was not much left to cheer for after that. I mean, it, it was a brutal game, and we'll get into Chris here in a second, but boys, anything you got to say about the game on Saturday? I'll be honest, I was uh, not watching the Badger game. We were doing our grocery shopping at the time, and I'm glad we were doing our grocery shopping. Uh, I kept looking at alerts, and I'm like, what's going on? This, yeah. this doesn't seem right, and then I look at the box score, and I see negative rushing yards for the whole team and then I see Braylon Allen seven carries negative two yards yeah like, what is going it, on yeah um I think we've said it a few times this is probably the worst offense line Wisconsin has had since the early 2000s I mean as long as I can remember uh, I mean it's it's brutal I mean I've never seen a Wisconsin offensive line that's this bad which that's their that's Bread and butter. Bread and butter. Yeah. They they bring in the 6'5", 6'6", 340 pounders, get them some beer and some cheese curds. And and they have the size. They have the size. They just, they just, they're not they're opening not any holes. They're not, yeah. I mean, my open. question is, is, does that have anything to do with Joe Rudolph leading the program? He was obviously their offense coordinator, but worked with their offensive line. He was there he for was a long their time. Old line do, we, guy. do we think that has anything to do with it? I do think we, a little do bit. Do we think it's just that the Badgers are just flat out soft? I think a little bit. I think... You know, when you have your longtime offensive coordinator who doubled as your O-line coach, um, I think some of the philosophies of the new O-line coach just don't work for the Wisconsin running, run it down your throat, whether it's two yards or 20 yards, it doesn't matter. That's that's the Wisconsin bread and butter. And even you see at times Mertz has not been the problem, but his last two games have been less than desirable when it comes to some of the throws he's he's not made and some I, of the picks. See, I think the difficulty, okay, first of all, I want to preface, I saw none of the game. None of the game. 
So I'm the golf course. Yeah, these two see none of the game. I'm sitting there with my eyes bleeding in the fucking stadium. <laughs> saw, awful. I apologize. Saw none of the game. I was too busy getting points for my squad in the Ryder Cup style. Um, I, <laughs> I did check score. Saw it was 14-10 Illinois at one point. Yeah, was that um, it was early second, or it was late second quarter when I saw that. The next time I checked, there was about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was 34 to 10. So he looked with 10 minutes quarter. I was already gone. <laughs> I mean, you can ask these two. I never leave games early because I've seen some great comebacks. But, yeah. you know, I was sitting there with pens, and I'm just like, dude, like, this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. Well, let's just go. Because... At three o'clock, our parking was gonna keep going up three bucks in the ramp we were in. So I'm like, let's just save the three bucks because this is horseshit. So I want to touch on a point Cody had just said about Graham Mertz in his passing game. Granted, I did not see any of the game. Uh, from what I've heard, the the Graham Mertz that you're looking to get is a guy that can run play action and get you some yards on short third down distance and maybe take a shot on first and 10 or second and short that type of stuff Graham Mertz is not your quarterback Wisconsin offense is not built to handle second and long third and long not even sometimes third and medium they, that, that's not how they play so when we're talking about Wisconsin usually with that offensive line they want to get three or four yards each run, and then that's what opens up the more holes. And then they wear on you and get after you as the game goes on. When they're getting negative yards, one to two yards, it leaves you third and six, third and eight, second and 12, that type of shit, and it just you, you can't do anything with it. The game we went to against Washington State, where the offensive line was committing holding after holding after holding penalties... It just you're you're putting yourself behind the chains, and yeah, if you got a quarterback that's you know throwing it really well or an innovative you know play caller, it you know you can get around some of that at Wisconsin. You cannot if you're not running for four to five yards per run. It, it's it's not going to work. Their offense is not set up to 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 be good enough for that, and. You surely didn't think Illinois was going to be able to do what they did. Um, but, man, that that's a tough way to go. I didn't see Paul Chris getting fired yet. I thought he was on the hot seat. Um, I didn't even see, you know, I was thinking we were going to wait, watch the season out. Um, you know that Ohio State is just that much better. You know, that, that one didn't, but you're right. You cannot be losing 24 nothing to to um or 34 to 10 by 24 points to illinois you just can't do it and then you put in that the brett bielema was the co it's just his you know brett bielema was the coach here when chris was the oc it just it was a really bad look in madison um just a just a terrible look it was yeah. gross yeah. Yeah. Said, it was gross i mean the loose as, as trace referred to him is the big dumb orange yeah, he's um, Brett big. Bielema. Uh, he, that's a big I'm, man. He I'm always sit, was, but I'm sitting out there watching Illinois run a tunnel. He couldn't make it to the 50 yard line. He got to 20 and just put his hands yeah. on his knees. I say Arkansas and uh, up in New England, they were feeding him well. They were feeding him well. He he has not turned down a steak in his life, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> you know, Wisconsin. I think the I was shocked. We we talked about it. I think 
I was shocked that they fired Chris in season. I believe yes. the word I used was Wisconsin is too classy for that. And they made me eat my words on that. I, however, I do think part of the reason you do fire him, um, obviously it was mentioned Jim Leonard is now the interim head coach. You now give Jim Leonard a seven-game audition yeah. to get that interim tag removed. See if he can get these guys rejuvenated, re- rebound. I mean, at first I was like, man, you'd really like a you know your your bye week to kind of rebound. But if you have to play a team, I think right now Northwestern is probably the team. The My only health. thing I don't like is it's at Northwestern, and that has been a house of horrors for yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah, they've not played well there. Yeah, the, the last thing I'm going to say about the game, that I'll give my thoughts on Chris. Uh, the receivers had a very tough day. They dropped a lot of passes that they shouldn't have. But the See, other that's thing not is, on Mertz. But, but the other thing that is on Mertz, he doesn't always make it easy for his receivers. A lot of times where catches should be right at their chest, they're having to reach or they're having to leave their feet. He doesn't always put the ball in the best spots for them to I catch get where that. it's like you got to leave your feet. You have to be able to figure that out. You, I you get that. It. But we also, we also watch... Aaron Rodgers every week. I get it, but he puts, you're, his, you're, he you're puts not, his corner and his wide receivers in a lot of bad positions. I, a lot I understand that, but what I'm saying is if you watch college there's a lot of college football quarterbacks that are doing that. Yep. See, that, that, that. That's my only thing, is that we are spoiled when it comes to watching Aaron Rodgers every week, that when we go to watch the quarterback for the Badgers, we're expecting that same thing. And it's just, it's not there. Well, I'm just saying, five-yard crosses, they shouldn't be having to reach over their head. Just put it in their That's chest. Right. I, I, I get it. But, um, I get it. I'm not, I'm not saying he's with, the best quarterback. I'm just saying I don't think he gets, um, you know, not as much as on him that needs to be. But he's put a lot of pressure on himself. He has. It's supposed to be, he, he wanted to take the program to new heights. It's actually been worse since he got here. My thing on Chris, I said week two after the loss to Washington State, I was getting done with Chris. His offense was just too vanilla. I think Bobby Ingram wants to run different stuff that they're running there because that's what Chris wanted to do. So I think it's going to be interesting. I, I would imagine Leonard, but just they're not going to change anything now. But you might see a little bit different stuff. Um, I think it needed to happen. I, I Like these two, I was surprised it happened in season. But it, it needed to happen because Wisconsin, this is a program that is supposed to be a top 20 team every year. And, yeah. and Paul Christ had it going that way for a while. But they've really fallen You should the be a shoo-in for the Big Ten championship. You should be a shoo-in for year. the West and every year. The last two seasons, he's 15 and 10. That doesn't cut it at Wisconsin anymore. This, this isn't the pre-Barry Alvarez era. I, I'm, I'm sorry. But the Badgers are expected to compete every single year for a Big Ten championship and have a chance to be at the in the New York Six Bowls. This is what this program has got to. And it's not cutting it right now. I'm going to be very, 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 very surprised if Jim Leonard doesn't get the job after the year. I mean, stuff would have to really, really go wrong. I don't even think it's winning games. I, you know, I don't know how much Leonard can really change and fix them. I don't know if he can, you know, even get him to a bowl. I mean, they, they could be that bad. They, they struggle. But my the, fear. the only other guy that they've talked about is Leopold. Yeah. I mean, being a graduate, obviously, he was at Whitewater. He was a graduate assistant at Wisconsin. Um, I mean, he's a guy that they could go after, but do I you, think Jim Leonard would really have to screw up. Do you know how old Leipold is? I looked it up. He's in his 50s. 58. Yeah. That, to me, taking over the Wisconsin program is, what are you going to get out of him? Six years? Seven years? Like, what we, you know what I mean? That's my only fear about it. And the other thing with Leonard is what... Okay, so is it the offense that sucks or is it the defense right, that sucks? Both are really bad right now. 
both. Well, I, I mean, I understand You just gave up 34 points to Illinois. I, I get They're it, bad. but Illinois is it's a very good field. running team. I, get, I believe me. And I feel well, like they, some they of that... They got dominated in the passing game that Shaw, he got picked on multiple times. I mean, they picked him apart. They have young corners. And Wisconsin has very young corners. Shaw's that... a transfer senior. He's a guy who's supposed to be able to figure it out. I, yeah. I mean, Brett Bielema has figured out how to win in the Big Ten. I would yes. that. He's done a really good job at Big Ten schools. Sure. You can't lose by 24. So my, so my question to you is, what is going to change about the offense with Jim Leonard? And, and, so, right now. and, well, and so that's the, that's the thing. So then you get a seven-game audition. Why, that's why I think whatever happens this year doesn't matter. Unless, you get, as long as he keeps the guys united and having fun and energy, he's going to get a job. You get a seven-game audition, and what's he going to like? I just I don't understand what he's going to like. I don't know. I, I heard somebody say the other day, "Oh, he wants to get some of his own guys in there. He wants to get some NFL type of OC to kind of get in there." Well, here, here for it. Bob, Bobby Ingram was came from the NFL. Yeah. So so what is that? That doesn't like. I just I don't. I don't I, know. I also heard rumors that McIntosh wanted Leonard. I mean, because McIntosh is a new new AD. Yeah. I heard that he wanted Leonard to be his guy, anyways. So yep. he wanted to for sure make sure Leonard doesn't leave. Because I mean, a couple weeks ago, Leonard. Said, I mean, Leonard. Know, I don't guarantee that I'll be here forever. He, he Leonard has interviewed at at different spots. So so I totally get. I've also heard David Randa's name come up, but yeah, I don't think he's I, leaving Baylor. It's just because there's a link to Wisconsin. But yeah. Not, I don't think he's leaving Baylor. I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with Leonard. I'm, I, I want Leonard, okay? I want Leonard. But, but I wouldn't mind if Wisconsin changes up that offense a little no, bit. No, they need to. But I just don't know. Like, I want to hear from Leonard. Like, what's the plan? Well, I think that's my thing is, yeah. is like, I'm afraid of... But that's so the, what is it? That's the problem right now. They're, they're never going to say it because right. they, they can't change anything right now. I mean, they can't. You're in the right. middle of the season. Right. No, I get That's it. That's why I'm saying I get Leonard it. is not going to be evaluated by wins and losses the rest of the year. It's going to be just, um, you know, if there's any improvement anywhere. What's I guess I would, just, field look like? I would just like to know seven months ahead or whenever until we're, like, what's the offense going to look like? Are we going to run more out of the shotgun? Are we going to get more spread, you know, like, like college is going to? Uh, you have a niche here in Wisconsin, but it's too old. clearly it's not doing something right now. Illinois running their, you know, Illinois running the same offense, and they just pounded it down your throat. I mean, I think we all agree it's Leonard's job to lose, and I think we all agree that he would have to really screw up. To and I to think that's why job. they did it as early as yep. they did to get Leonard in there. Yeah, and, and just confirmed that he doesn't leave. I mean, that's yeah, agreed. I think the big thing too, and you know, we we talk about Wisconsin and their typical offense is, you know. We're going to run the ball down your throat. We don't care if we get three, four yards of carry. That's that's what we want to do is to loosen you up, and then we get it. You know, we bust a big one. Um, where is the jet sweep? Yeah. The the Badger jet sweep that... They've done that for years. They, they, they've done it sparingly the last few years. I mean... Green Bay's running Green it more Bay right runs now. it not more than the, pa- the, than <laughs> the, the, the Badgers, Badgers do, and that's where you expect to see it. I yeah. mean, it's in the past it was always, you know, when... James White was the running, you know, the big running back. It was Melvin Gordon was the one coming on the sweep. And then... Well, I mean, Melvin when it was Gordon, Melvin Gordon, Monte Ball, Monte and James... Ball. And that, that's one, of those, yeah. one of those three was out wide, coming and running in jet sweep motion. 
you got a perfect guy right now. You got Braylon Allen as your big back. Then you got Isaac Garendo. Line him up wide, have him run a jet sweep action. You're telling me he can't outrun some of those I, I defensive ends. I don't know if Isaac Rendell's even available. He got hurt in the Illinois. Game. Right, but that—that's what I'm saying is. But yeah, you weren't you weren't using, you weren't using the him first, before. Yeah. You, you we, we've been talking like about jet sweeps for two years yeah. when Wisconsin hasn't been doing anything. Where is it? It's a it. You can run it to. You can run DK. it to um to Jimmy DK. You can run it to um. Uh, Skylar Bell. Yeah. You can run it to that Lewis guy. You can. He's, He's done for the year. Lewis got hurt. He, he left on a cart. Gotcha. Yeah. It was Skylar Lewis, but I believe it was Lewis. Um, but yeah, I mean the Badgers have some things to clean up. It's definitely the most attractive job on the market right now, just because they've been so consistent. They're still talented. There. They've recruited well, but yeah, it's Leonard's job to lose, and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, just a couple other upsets that went on around the league. Oklahoma got absolutely pissed on by TCU. Uh, I think. Brent Venables has, uh, if there's any hate mail in Lincoln Riley's mailbox, it might be from him anonymously saying, man, you really did nothing defensively here. Because uh, I think I, I think it was the end of the first quarter, you, TCU already put up 28 points. I mean, they destroyed him. And do you um, know, real quick, do you know who the offensive coordinator is at TCU? Garrett I think Riley, that's even better. Lincoln yeah, Riley Lincoln Riley. Little, little brother um, just annihilated them. Yeah, shit on him. Another that one awesome. that was actually really surprising. They were on Axler last week. Georgia Tech upset Pittsburgh in, yes. in, a, in an interesting game. I didn't see the highlights or anything, but just a funny one. And then, I mean, not too much of an upset, two undefeated teams, but and it was in our picks. We'll lead right into that. UCLA did upset Washington. Um, we'll we'll go through our picks from here. Last week, we'll make our picks here in a in a sort of quick way. Probably got about twenty five minutes left here. Um, so let's go through our picks from last week. We'll go over the standings on the year. Yeah, so first game we had Friday night, Washington at UCLA. Washington favored by three and a half. Um, UCLA did end up winning this game. I want to say it was 40. 140 to 34. 40 to, 40 to 34. Yep. Um, so, you know, UCLA, man, they're just. It, it's crazy because I was dogging them with the I do want to with point the, out with the lack of attendance and everything, but they're they're winning games. I mean, they haven't. I'll pull up UCLA's schedule here, and it, it isn't it isn't much of a schedule. It is not, but I do want to point out earlier in the year I did say you know UCLA is somewhat decent in the Pac-12, and Michael was on me like hell no. So it was forty to thirty-two. Forty to thirty-two. All right. It's all they about played, They played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, who they needed a field goal at the end of the game to beat. Colorado, who just fired their coach, and in a good win against Washington. Yeah. But that's their really, first really game. Good, really good win. Really but, good game against Washington. I mean, but that's, but also that's the, same, the only one. That's the same thing we said about uh, Oklahoma State. They didn't play anybody, and and then they went out. And we'll talk about that game later. But Washington, Washington's still a good team, I think. But I think UCLA, they finally put a game, a full game together against a decent team, which we said was a was an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. We both lost that one. Everybody picked Washington in the game. Everybody, whoever made a pick. Rob, Carter, Trace, Michael, Penzi, Cody. Everybody picked Washington. That's what I like to say. Great Everybody start. lost. All right. Then we've got Illinois at Wisconsin. We already talked about the game. Wisconsin fair by 7.5. Anybody picked that? Shout out to Rob. He picked <laughs> Illinois. He's such a Wisconsin hater. Um, he, you know, Brewers, anytime the Brewers, you know, you get talking on the Brewers, he goes the other way. Anytime you start talking about the Badgers, he goes the other way. He's, he just, 
Football or basketball. But yeah, yeah, he hates him. Not I shouldn't say hates him, but he's he, just, he's a he, he 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 doesn't he does not go in with glasses that are uh, no confidence. In the cardinal and uh, cardinal and cardinal white. Cardinal and white. Yeah, he he definitely blue and yellow. He definitely does not. All right, so, um, so Rob was the only one to get a pick there. Uh, correct. Uh, don't worry, his his stats go down a little bit. Um, next one we had Kentucky. At Ole Miss, Ole Miss favored by seven. Um, Ole Miss did win this game 22 to 19, so that is a cover for Kentucky. Um, again, hopefully the golf is stopping because I'm missing all these games. I saw none of it. Um, I just saw that Ole Miss had a strip sack to win the it, game. This game at the end was crazy. Yeah. It, it wasn't, and Kentucky had their chances this game. I believe they fumbled twice in the red zone during throughout the Yeah, the one was that strip sack. I'm sure you saw Will Levy's finger. Yeah, um, I did. Will Levis. That was disgusting. Will but, Levis. But, uh, you know, Ole Miss just got the job done, and Jackson Dart, that is a fun name to say. Well, and even... Where is he from? Transfer? I, I can't remember. Transfer? USC. 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 Transfer from USC. USC. Even the play before the strip sack that ended it, <laughs> touchdown, one-handed catch, beautiful play, flag, illegal formation because the wide receiver wasn't set. Yeah, if yeah, if he just takes two seconds, yeah, you, yeah, you win the game. Oh, that's tough. So I felt with Kentucky's defense, they were going to keep it close. Seven just seemed like a little too much. Um, Pretty much everybody was on that trade except for Penzi. He took Ole Miss. Um, next, we had Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor favored by two and a half. That is Trace's team over there. Baylor, how did they do, Trace? Uh, yeah, Baylor did not win the little things battle on this one. Uh, much like the Wisconsin Badgers, they just struggled to, to win the special teams, win it in the trenches where Baylor is, you know, supposed to be the best at they gave up a kick return in this game uh you know baylor they kind of kept it close with some some garbage touchdowns but uh blake shaper didn't play bad but they just didn't make enough plays oklahoma state hats off to them there they, they hadn't played much of a schedule but they came out in waco and they played well and uh, baylor's my team but man those uniforms they had the other day were ugly, ugly. Yeah, that mustard yellow yeah, it was not was, a good was look ugly. throw some green in there on the helmet please. yeah it was, not, it was not a good look not a good look. Cody, anything about this game? Did you uh, see any of it? No, I didn't see any of it, but uh, if there are like, any other Baylor jersey, it's some <laughs> ugly combination. But it, the, it, was it, was, it was all yellow. All yellow. Yeah. I, I think there, I know, there I maybe think, the BU green? I think I know what you're talking about. I think How I've seen them before, yellow. and it's those are... Yeah, it was it was not good. It was not good. I heard an Oregon fan yelling. He's like, and this is a team who... Or this is a guy who roots for a team for, yeah. in all yellow. Yes. He's like, it was not good. Yeah. Uh, only ones to get that right were me and Pens. Um, next we had Alabama at Arkansas. Alabama favored by 16 and a half. Um, I saw that Alabama got out to 28 nothing lead. Then everything changed. Bryce Young got hurt. Um, Arkansas came back, cut it to 28-23. Arkansas did not get the two point, and then Alabama decided to score three more touchdowns and won the game pretty convincingly for the cover. For me, Trace and Pens. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously Bryce Young is the biggest biggest storyline from this. I mean, former Heisman, Heisman winner, winner really yep. makes that offense go. Um, I think it was Milrow who came in, something like that was yep. his last name. Freshman Str struggled passing, but had a seventy-two yard touchdown. Yeah, he's a it runner. Was an unreal run. Reminds me uh, of J uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit when he first got to Alabama. Um, he did, went, did, wasn't throwing; he was more of a runner. Did either of you see uh, Saban on the sideline on the goal line? 
where Milrow, it's still Milrow at this point, they ran a read option, pulls it back to throw, incomplete, should have been picked off. You see Staben on, Staben on the sideline, run the goddamn ball! Why are we throwing? <laughs> Just screaming, and then what did they do the next play? Ran the ball, touchdown, Alabama. Yeah, that's but, um, yeah, works. Bryce Young's definitely the question. He's day-to-day. Uh, yeah. It's just a sprained shoulder. Uh, sure. Who does Alabama got coming up this week? They have Texas A&M. Uh, Alabama's got Texas, Texas A&M, A&M, which who's, A&M. Who struggles offensively. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, Alabama with a backdoor cover kind of let Arkansas back in the game. At the end of the day, Bama just showed up and did what Bama does. Yep. I yep. did watch some of this game. I expected a lot more from Arkansas on the offensive side of the ball early. Um, they just couldn't get anything going against that Alabama defense. And, I saw the play that Bryce Young got hurt, and it's one of those similar to Tua when he got hurt a couple years ago and broke the hip and the ankle and all that. Just throw the ball away. Yeah. Live to play another down. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those these these young guys that. And it's early in the game too. Yeah, it's early in the game. It's one of those you weren't gonna outrun the linebacker. You know, he you you barely got away from him to begin with. You weren't gonna outrun him. Just throw the ball away. Live to play. Play another down, and you're instead you're now day to day with a, I'm assuming sprained DC spring, joint, spring shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Alabama did hop Georgia in the rankings back to number one. Georgia, who struggled against Missouri, yeah. seems to be kind of playing down to the level right now. Uh, but end of the day, I'm confident in Georgia. I think it will be interesting to see if Young does play this game because uh, you got Tennessee next week. You know, you never want to look ahead, but you would think with all the talent that Alabama has, they could. Figure out a plan to beat Texas A&M. Alabama versus Texas A&M after all the... At Bama. At Bama after all the shit that was talked at the end of the year between Jimbo, who's a former assistant, of Nick Saban. NIL. Uh, I don't know. That is not one of the games that we are picking, but I am taking the... Uh, or I'm giving the points. I have a feeling Alabama's going to try and run this up to like 50 seconds. I got Bama as long as, as long as Young is playing. Bama by a million. Uh, so yeah. Even if Young doesn't play, I think uh, Malro is very capable of turning around Just and handing Jameer give the ball. Yeah. He, and and he's own running him. He, he, he took over in the, yeah. in the second half of that yeah. game. And Which is proved. crazy. But that's the crazy thing. It's almost like they needed that to happen. Yep. To young to get hurt. To be like... Okay, Gibbs, let's see what we got. Somebody yeah. else got to do it. And where's he from? Georgia Tech. Yeah. That, that one really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think Gibbs. The rich get game, richer. I think Gibbs in this game kind of, uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of talk about the NFL draft next year. Um, he, you know, him going to Alabama. He's on the radar. He's, he's been yeah. on the radar already, but right. I think that just skyrocketed him yeah. to. Him and B. John Robinson have been one two, one A one B, kind of going back and forth, and I think I think Gibbs with that performance may have put himself a little ahead of Robinson. Sure. Final game we had NC State at Clemson. Clemson favored by six and a half. Um, Clemson did win this game. It was close for a while, um, but. Um, they won by 10, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 to 20? Yeah, yeah. Clem- I, think, I think it was a late touchdown by NC State to even make it that close. Yes. Yeah, um, I didn't watch any of this game. Yeah, um, they scored with under a minute to go. Yeah. They scored a touchdown. I didn't so. watch any of this game. I think Clemson fans have to, you know, DJU did put another game, uh, another good game, so that's definitely got to be encouraging for them. Giving up a late touchdown to give up 20 points, they got to feel a little bit better about their defense. Devin Leary's a pretty decent quarterback. He He's going to be playing on Sundays as a he backup will. somewhere. Yep. Uh, so He's you probably feel, a third, fourth rounder. Yeah, you got to feel a little bit better about your secondary, but Clemson, you got to keep just winning games consistently if you want to be in that fourth. If you drop one, you're definitely out because yeah. Clemson's a question mark. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, and they and they did, you know, they did what they had to do. Um, we were all on Clemson except for Cody. Um, so sorry, Code Man. We'll we'll go over we'll go over the the standings. So Rob went three and three. Uh, Cody was one and five. Carter was two and four. Trace was three and three. Myself, I was four and two, and Pens was three and three. So. Um, Right now, that brings us to Cody at seven and ten, Rob at five and seven, Pens at nine and eight, Carter two and four, myself eighteen and eleven, Trey sixteen and thirteen, with five games coming this week. Yeah, I gotta be happy. Uh, I was behind Michael for a little while, but I've I made you know I dropped one this week, but I've made some ground over the last couple of weeks. And hey, over five hundred can't complain. Over five hundred, right? I, I, you know, the the problem is, is, is you know, easy. all these guys that are coming in and starting to make picks now, like you have some data on here. Trace and I had no data at the Correct. beginning, and we're the only ones. And we're going to go by win percentage at the we end. We are. We're going to have to. You got to have Absolutely. a minimum amount. Of, of, you know, you got to have a minimum amount of games, and you can't just you go do. six and zero and quit and say I'm yeah, going to win. Exactly. No, it ain't happening. Exactly. But, uh, we'll we'll move on to this week's pick. Uh, first one we got going on here, 17 TCU favored by 7 at number newly ranked Rock Chalk Jayhawk Kansas. Uh, this is where college game day is heading for the first time ever. Uh, Lance Leipold's got a lot of buzz going on in, in uh, Lawrence. What are we thinking, boys? Yeah, I think uh, TCU, uh, that, that's my pick in this game, but I think they're just going to be too much for Kansas. Um, can Kansas get up for the hype that game day brings? You know, yeah. game day's never been there before. You know, younger program in the fact of Leipold, this is year two, year three? Two. Year two. Um, they were not very good last year. Off to a great start this year, but I just, I think TCU um, riding high off that just absolute ass-kicking of Oklahoma, I think they get the job done. Um, it'll be close late, but I think, I think they... Go up ten or so, and that's that's where backdoor cover. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a couple things you're pointing out there. Um, can Kansas be ready for um, for game day? And what it brings? I think they can, but some of my worry is they might be too excited. Might be might be coming out and maybe having some dumb penalties because they're just too jacked up. Um, I could see that happening. Um, I can assume. I don't want to, but I can assume that they're not giving out free tickets for this game. They're that, not. <laughs> that these game these tickets are going to be is, paid for. This is actually the third straight game that they've been sold out. Which wow. Lance Leopold said last year after the Texas game, he looked at this and they talked about this at college game day last week. He looked at him and said, "We will sell out this place." And for the third straight week, they are okay. sold out. You know, TCU coming off a high as well um, against Oklahoma. Um, I don't. I don't love the seven line. Um, I, I wish I could jump on it at like six and a half, six. Um, but I do think um, I do think Kansas is a, their their luck's gonna run out. I think they they you know had to have three missed field goals and a missed extra point in that game by um, by Iowa State. So I, I do think TCU is going to be the better team. And, and cover the seven-point spread, even though it is on the road at a, at a raucous Rock Chalk Jayhawk Stadium. Uh, Michael's going to love this. I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas. I, You're a psycho. I, uh, 
I think that Leipold's got a really good thing going on there. I think there's a lot of buzz going on in that program. TCU's going to come in there and want to do it. I think TCU does end up winning this game. I think they win by the 3-5 to five range. Um, they maybe even win by a touchdown where it's a push. But, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yes, I think this is going to be, and that was going to be my next point. You know, They've scored against West Virginia. They've scored against Duke. So they've proven that Kansas can score. Um, TCU can obviously score as well. They always say win your clunkers. I think this was their clunker last week against Iowa State. Yeah, so could be. I think there's going to be a big focus on them of bouncing back, and Jalen Daniels is going to come out and play better. I think TCU does win this game, but I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a... You know, a 42-35 game, 42-38 game. Uh, I'm going to take the Kansas to cover plus seven. Over under 67 and a half. I think I'd be hitting that over. I'm hitting the yeah. over. I, 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 I do. I, th- I think we'd definitely be hitting the over on that one. All right, so TCU-Kansas is our first game. Moving on here, we got number... Tennessee traveling to uh, Louisiana to take on the newly ranked 25 LSU Brian Kelly-led Tigers. The Bayou Bengals. Yep, the uh, the Volunteers are favored by three points. Michael, what do you got with this one? Um, I I have Tennessee um, covering here. Um, I don't love it. I like to take home dogs, especially with defense. But Tennessee's offense is too good. Now, Tennessee might be looking... Uh, uh, ahead to who did we say they have next week? Alabama. Alabama next week. Alabama next week. I don't love that, but I really think that this could, um, you know, if Tennessee wins this game, you know, now we're you're at eight right now. You're gonna be playing number one next week. This probably moves you up in the seven six range. Like this is this is it for Tennessee. They they I can see them. If they win this game, I can see Tennessee playing Alabama very tough. I'm not picking them to beat Alabama, but I can see them in that 10-2 range. If Tennessee loses this game, I can see them 8-4, 7-5. But I am going to take Tennessee. I, I like what Josh Heupel's doing there. You have the better quarterback, clearly, in Hendon Hooker. Um, I just don't think LSU, like whatever they have on offense scares you enough like if they had a joe burrow in there that's throwing to these receivers yeah that would be scary but Jaden daniels doesn't scare me so i'm taking tennessee in this game yeah i'm gonna take tennessee as well i think henry booker is just a lot better than Jaden daniels uh we, we've talked about tennessee a little bit on the pod a couple weeks ago Jaden daniels did he get hurt last week i think he got a little roughed up but yeah we talked about Tennessee a couple weeks ago. We talked about LSU week one when they went up against Florida State. I just think that Tennessee's a little bit more consistent. I think Brian Kelly's still trying to get his feet down in LSU with his fake accent and dancing with recruits. I think he's still got some stuff and some team building where, you know, Tennessee, even though they have a first-year head coach, they have they just have better players. So I'm going to take Tennessee. I like Hennon Hooker. He's still kind of our dark horse, I believe, for Heisman. Yeah. Uh, and if he plays well in this game and then goes and balls out against the ball, Balls out against Alabama, I mean, he could really be up there. So I'm going to take Tennessee. It's only three points. I think they can do that at LSU. Sure. Yeah, I think Tennessee. Um, defense travels. I think Tennessee's defense is going to be what wins that game for them. Um, you know, LSU, Brian Kelly, and whatever you want to say about Brian Kelly. I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. Um, I, I just don't like what, what he's doing down at LSU. I think he's just kind of become a joke honestly um you know 
you have a Did you like them at Cincinnati? Your, your um, family's a big Cincinnati. We're a big Cincy school. Um, I was so-so on Brian Kelly at Cincinnati. I you know, liked that he brought him somewhat back to irrelevance, but then immediately... You got to like Luke Fickle more. Oh, I love Luke Fickle. Luke, I will take Luke Fickle all day. Um, even Butch Jones, I think I would take over Brian Kelly, who both had the... Oh, I love this school. I'm never leaving. In the very next day or very next yeah. week, they're yeah. gone. Um, but I mean, LSU they lost to Florida State that game. Florida State gate tried to give LSU the game, and LSU couldn't take advantage. Um, so I, I think I think Tennessee Hendon Hooker looked real good this year. Um, dark horse Heisman candidate. I'll I'll take that against uh, LSU. Yeah, both these games, the, the ones that we just went over, Kansas, TCU, Tennessee, LSU, they're both noon kickoffs. Uh, next one we got going on here at 2.30, we have Utah, number 11 in the country, favored by 4.5, traveling to the rowdy UCLA. Uh, Pasadena, now Rose ranked, Bowl. Now ranked 18 in the country after their big win off of Washington. Uh, Cody, what do we got here? UCLA at... Or Utah at UCLA. Uh, four and a half to me. I'm not a huge fan of that, but uh, I, I will take Utah. Um, I just said defense travels, and Utah's defense is one of the better defenses in the country. Um, I really like what they're able to do up there, um, and I think offensively they're finally starting to really hit their stride. Um, UCLA, I just think this game could turn into can they keep up. Um, and I, I don't think UCLA has the weapons to keep up with uh, with Utah. Yeah, uh, you know, I struggled with this one a little bit. UCLA obviously coming off a big win against Washington. They have a decent quarterback in DTR. Uh, he struggled with, you know, uh, turning the ball over the last couple of years. But I think I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go Utah as well. I think UCLA, they're a team that we talked about, struggled to put full games together. Uh, I know it's four and a half points, but I think Utah with Cameron Rising, that's a, that's a veteran quarterback – He's played in hostile environments before. UCLA isn't the biggest hostile environment, so he rising knows how to win on the road. Uh, he he's played a lot better since the Florida game. Uh, I think Utah is going to go ahead and win by a touchdown. I agree. I like your Cam Rising uh, take there. I'm going to take it a little further. Last time he played in the Rose Bowl uh, in Pasadena against uh, Ohio State. Um, he, he balled out. He kept him in that game. Should have won that game um, if it wasn't for JSN, who had over 300 yards receiving. Um, so I, I, do, I do also think uh, Utah, I, I, I feel that UCLA, um, their record says they're 5-0, and so they have to be put there. I feel like they, um, you know, the game against Washington, um, I, I don't think we had a, a spot for where they were. I don't think Washington played their best. Uh, DTR played well. I just think Utah's defense is going to shut down DTR. And um, and I, I do like Utah in this game. Okay, uh, moving on here. 2.30 start. We have Wisconsin at Northwestern. Wisconsin is 10-point favorites. Jim Leonard's debut as head coach. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take Northwestern this one plus 10, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, neither team is very good offensively. We talked about that. I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game, and I think in a low-scoring game where I'm taking the under, 
I think it could literally be like a you know 17-7 game, something like that. Uh, 10 points is a lot in a really low-scoring game, so I'm going to take Northwestern plus 10 at home. The Badgers don't play well at Northwestern. Yeah, uh, I'm also taking Northwestern in this game. Uh, mentioned it earlier with the uh, when we were talking about Paul Christ and getting fired. How Northwestern has been a house of horrors for Wisconsin over the last, you know, 20 years or so. It seems like um, I think they show a little more juice right away, right off the bat with uh, bringing or with Leonard um, leading the charge. But I think ultimately, I think it's going to be a 17-14 type game with a, I think a defensive touchdown for either team wins this game. Sure. I don't think, I, I, I could see Wisconsin losing this game 17-14 on, you know, a pick six or something like that to, to seal the game. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Yeah, I, I'm way off on Wisconsin this year. Uh, the only time that I've picked them right is the game against Washington State, which they lost where I just thought that spread was too big at 16. Um, I I really think this is a game of the locker room. If if you know if um, if Wisconsin comes out and uh, Jim Leonard has the locker room the way he needs to, I think Wisconsin's going to be fine in this game. Northwestern is that bad. The problem is, is Wisconsin is also that bad. Um, I think. If this game was later in the year and Leonard wasn't doing so well, um, I would be taking Northwestern. But because it's game one um, of Leonard's, um, you, you know, new tenure, I think Wisconsin's pissed. I know Braylon Allen is pissed. Um, you know, read some comments that you know some people were talking about how they were happy that Paul Chris left, and he was basically saying or fired. He was basically saying. If you didn't want Paul Christ here, you're not a Badger fan. So, I mean, I get what he's saying in the sense of the only way Paul Christ is gone is if we're not doing well. And if you didn't, if you're a fan of us, you know, you didn't, you didn't want us to be playing bad. I think, I think they're pissed. I think this puts some fire under Wisconsin's ass. It better put some fire under their offensive linemen. In that respect, I'm gonna take Wisconsin. I don't love the ten points, but I'm gonna take it. And the fact that Trace and I are on opposite sides this game, um, this could this is a swing pick, um, and I just I can't I can't go with Northwestern. It's just it's it's not, it, they're just not good enough. So I'm going to take Wisconsin in this game. All right, uh, final game of this uh, slate here that we got is Florida State traveling to number fourteen, NC State. NC State is favored by three and a half. This is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Michael, Cody, what do you guys got here? There's only one reason why I'm picking NC State in this game. I don't like taking the road team. And the first four games we picked, I've taken all road teams. For that fact, I'm taking NC State. Minus three and a half. Give the points. Definitely fair. Um, I'm going the opposite direction here. Uh, I'm taking Florida State. Jordan Travis has looked like a much better player this year uh, in year two under Mike Norvell. Uh, already played one very, well, two very big road games this year. Um, they lost last week to uh, Wake Forest. I believe that was by 10 at home. Um, but Florida State's already gone to Louisville, which is always a really tough place to play. Uh, they beat a pretty 
Not under Scott Sanders. Not Field, under Scott. Not. Yeah, but uh, overall, Louisville is usually a pretty tough place to play. Uh, they got the job done there, and then they played what was essentially a home game for LSU um, at, the I it, at the Superdome, technically yeah. neutral site. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Mercedes Benz now, yeah, they call yeah, it wherever. Whatever. Uh, technically neutral site, but uh, essentially a road game. Uh, got the job done against LSU. I think uh, Florida State walks out with a dub. Uh, I thought about this one for a while as well. I was thinking about going to Florida State, but then uh, Cody, the man who was one five last week, took Florida State. <laughs> so I think I'm going to roll with NC State here. I think Devin Leary bounces back. It's really only a field goal. Uh, you know what? If they win by a field goal and Cody's right, I will apologize to him. But I can't. I can't keep agreeing with the guy who goes one and five last week. So I'm going to take NC State. Devin Leary's a good quarterback. We talked about that earlier. NC yeah. State's got to bounce back. Uh, I do think Florida State is getting better, but I'm going to roll with NC State minus three and a half. Uh, that wraps up our picks for the week, boys. Do you have anything else we want to say about college football? Uh, real quick, uh, I know I was one and five last week, but I believe the week before that, I, I, I believe I was pretty solid. I was six and all the week before. Okay, that, well, so that, you can't that's beat fine. That. No, Sorry. I can't. I think I, Cody was five and one the week before. But hey, this is a what for you, what have you yeah, done for correct. me lately, yeah, Lee? No, okay, I 100 percent understand that. Uh, if you did the math, uh, that means I am also in every other week. So. Katie, or uh, and, Cody, I will also say, so after you went 5-1, and one, that put you on 6-5 and five for the year. Correct. So, oh, so, so what okay. I'm saying All right, is I, I go 1-5, and, and then I basically pick everything right. So okay, that is, that is five, fair. So that is fair. should be taking Florida State. We, uh, that is fair. We'll see if that bounces back. <laughs> that, uh, that wraps up our episode here today. Uh, we will.